1: Welcome to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs, reporting for the Veteran Lifestyle website, ConnectingVets.com. Now, today we're going to, again, talk about psychedelics. Most specifically, we're going to talk about MDMA, assisted therapy, its research, and the incredible promise it's showing for our military veterans, first responders, and frankly, the millions of everyday Americans who have survived and endured significant trauma in their life. Juliana Mercer is a 16-year U.S. Marine Corps veteran and uh, currently the policy director of Healing Breakthrough. Healing Breakthrough does incredible work to provide access to MDMA-assisted therapy for all veterans. They sponsor and promote research, training, and political advocacy to drive the system-wide adoption of this MDMA-assisted therapy in the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. And in looking at just a couple stats, they recently completed a phase three clinical FDA trial earlier this year with a staggering 67% efficacy rate in healing PTSD, the first in FDA history, and an 88% clinical reduction in symptoms. So healing breakthrough, probably more than just a name, a quite accurate description of what you do out there. Juliana Mercer, Marine Corps veteran, welcome to CVSI on Vets.
2: Hi, it's so great to be here with you and talking about this really important therapy.
1: Yeah, man. Now, I got to admit, we're going to step off here from, you know, the flight plan for just a little minute, because, you know, when I see you, when I talk to you about what we're getting ready to talk about, MDMA, ecstasy, uh, you know, the psychedelic treatment. You know, this isn't what I usually talk to with salty Marines about, you know, Marines are Semper Fi, do or die, you know, they're in there, but they're, they're about the rules they are about order. They're about discipline. And this simply has this kind of like psychedelic sound to it. It doesn't sound like anything a hardcore Marine would be down with. Tell me first a little bit about your service, your MOS and your background.
2: Yeah. So I spent most of my Marine Corps career here on the West Coast, um, did civil affairs, but also spent five years at the Naval Hospital in San Diego, working at the Wounded Warrior Battalion, receiving Marines that were coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan with every type of injury, whether it was missing limbs or brain injuries or post-traumatic stress really seeing the true cost of war here at home every day and had a a couple of deployments, one to Iraq, one to Afghanistan, and I did civil affairs. So all of that work combined with the work that I did at the hospital helped me to really easily transition into the veteran nonprofit space when I was out of uniform. And I wanted to use everything that I learned at the Wounded Ward Detachment to Be able to help veterans thrive post-military, whether it was post-injury or just post a a four years or a career, and doing everything and anything that we possibly could to set them up for success, whether it was employment or education or getting them engaged with their communities, um, connecting them to therapies that were outside of the VA system, or even helping them connect to help for a VA claim. We wanted to take a holistic approach to help with what I called uh, the black hole, from preventing veterans from falling into this black hole of basically despair um post-military when they got out of that community that kept them thriving. It became really frustrating work because it didn't matter what we threw at the problem, whether it was surf therapy or or puppies or regular therapy, medications, the veteran suicide rate still kept rising. And it was really frustrating work. That is until I found out about the potential of psychedelic therapy and MDMA-assisted therapy. I connected with a nonprofit called Heroic Hearts Project, and their mission is to connect veterans to these types of therapies in countries where it's not illegal. So they're sending veterans to Costa Rica, to Peru and Mexico to undergo psychedelic experiences that populations have been using for millennia to heal themselves, especially to heal their warriors. Veterans are having to leave the country to heal from the trauma that they collected while serving their country. Through all of that, I started doing research and found that MDMA-assisted therapy was on its way to FDA approval. And just recently, they completed their phase three clinical trials, and it is en route to be FDA approved, we're anticipating early to mid next year. And you mentioned the efficacy rate, two-thirds of those that undergo this therapy no longer qualify for a PTSD diagnosis. That's the huge bright light at the end of the tunnel for those of us that have been looking for a solution to PTSD and to the suicide epidemic.
1: Right on. And we're going to unpack and dig a little bit deeper into that. You know, as this interview goes forward, uh, real quick, civil affairs is—is is that like public affairs?
2: No. So we were the uh, well, one I was enlisted, um, and the civil affairs folks are the ones that are the hearts and minds. So we did uh, projects, whether it was reparations, um, paying someone for damage, or um, helping with projects like roads or schools, and working with the governance within the communities to help those those communities where we were deployed thrive.
1: And I'll say throughout my course of interviewing veterans, you know, in that space, I know they work really closely with special forces because that's by, with, and through the people that are living in the country where we're operating and doing some of what you did there uh, must've been crucial because as a woman, you know, you had that unique ability to speak to a local woman. Whereas Culturally, if one of our male soldiers were to try to start that discussion, it would be frowned upon just on a cultural level. Like women in some countries are not allowed to speak to another man or not allowed to, you know, sit down and have that kind of private meeting. It would just send out the wrong message. And so you were on the front lines of doing that and then having to come back and realize that our own brothers and sisters were hurting in, in a most significant way. Before we jump into research and what's going on ahead, I want to just dive a little deeper into the inspiration as to why you do it. Was there a moment? Was there a case? Was there a specific soldier or Marine or sailor that you'd interacted with that you said, wait a minute, there has got to be a better way.
2: It was every single veteran that I interacted with. Um, and it was my, my own life too. And it was the life of my friends, um, and the veterans in, in my community and, that frustration of not having a solution was very real.
1: What is it we were doing? I know that I've spoke with so many of my veteran brothers and sisters about the combat cocktail, about the benzodiazepines, about the Seroquel to sleep, about this one to get up, this one to sit down, this one to go this way, this one to go that way. Is that kind of where we were when you were serving? We were just giving them this laundry list of drugs?
2: Yeah. So we, you know, like you mentioned, a cocktail of medications, some dozens of medications, one, one to combat the other and to take care of the side effects from the third medication. And part of the work that we did at the wounded warrior battalion was trying to find more holistic ways to support the warfighter. And so we introduced yoga and meditation and we had groups that would bring in dogs and we had we started a surf therapy and we did we did everything that we possibly could to help round out the medical portion and and bring in some things that were more personal to the individual and tailoring what made them as an individual feel better uh, to their needs and trying to find anything.
1: Yeah. And and we've seen it. You know, a galaxy now exists of all these small nonprofits that are looking to support veterans and do their own mission, as you'd mentioned, equine therapy. Um one of my favorite stories was the surf therapy in LA. I thought that was so cool. I interviewed a couple guys about that and uh life changing. But they need something, I think, even more impactful than just that one time retreat where whose memories can wear off or that one time experience where like maybe they had a good day and it led to a good week, but then they can slip back into what you'd call a black hole. Uh, and that is where they are beginning to feel hopeless. Enter psychedelics, uh, MDMA, you know, it's sort of reputation got hijacked as a club drug. But when I was watching a documentary and it was called changing your mind or changing your. How to Change Your Mind. How to Change Your Mind. I watched that documentary and it kind of blew my mind. MDMA actually goes back way further than I thought. It wasn't designed or invented to be some rave club drug in the 90s with glow sticks. Its roots go decades back and I think was invented for the psychiatric community. Do you know anything about that?
2: Yes, it was formulated in 1912 by Merck and it was used very successfully for therapy and specifically couples therapy. Um, it did get, it did leave the, the medical setting and get into the party scene. And that's where it got wrapped up in the war on drugs and was scheduled by the DEA in the mid eighties. And so it was no longer able to be used as a successful medication for mental health care. And one of the therapists that had seen how efficacious this was couldn't stand to, to let it go by the wayside. And so they've been fighting for 30 almost over 30 years to get access to MDMA for mental health care providers so that they can use it in their therapy. And so that's been it's been a 30 year process to go through that FDA clearing and hopefully we're going to be able to start using it again and start healing people.
1: Let's talk about these FDA phase three clinical trials. I was blown away. Uh, phase three. So they had to do this over the course of a year or two years. Tell me about the study and about the rates of improvement that they saw in veterans.
2: Yeah. So the studies take a handful of years. So they have to go through for a second and third phase. Um, the third phase just completed in, I think, in the spring. And so they that's where that 67% efficacy came from and the 88% reduction in symptoms. So the trial's complete, and then they have to do about a year's worth of paperwork. So getting everything compiled, turning it into the FDA and giving the FDA time to review all of the results. And then the FDA will approve or disapprove a drug. And that's a, the standard process. So MDMA in 2017 was designated as a breakthrough therapy and breakthrough therapy status means that the FDA agrees that it shows great promise. And so they'll allow for a fast track of the approval process. Um, psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms received breakthrough therapy status in 2019 and is in, they're also going through clinical trials, they're probably you know a handful of years behind MDMA, but MDMA is really paving the way for these types of novel therapies uh, to be researched and opening up people to the idea that there's things out there that maybe we didn't look at in the right way and should be looking at now because there's such great potential for them to help us with the mental health crisis that we're dealing with.
1: Really an understatement there, mental health crisis we're dealing with. I mean, it is just a tragedy what's been going on over the last several years uh, in the veteran community and even in the greater American community, you know, suicide, uh, this mental health issue we need to face fully. And I'm really, really psyched to hear about that. Um, You said breakthrough status. I want to key on those words because that's fascinating. It's something I just learned this morning. Um, The FDA says this is breakthrough status. So they don't get in trouble for working with this chemical that all that the that the law of the land is the worst of the worst. They can call it breakthrough status or they can give it this breakthrough label saying, listen, we know y'all have this schedule one. We don't have time or we can't make Congress make a new law on this, but we get permission as the FDA to tinker with this. Is, is that essentially what breakthrough uh, status I, allows for?
2: So it breakthrough status doesn't reschedule, um, which we are hoping to change. So there's a, a group, uh, the, the reason for hope they are working on a bill to reschedule any substance that is deemed Breakthrough therapy by the FDA. Um, and that that's a bill that we're hoping will get passed this year. Um, that means that anything that's breakthrough therapy status will get rescheduled so that it is easier for someone to study it. Right now, even even if you have breakthrough therapy status and you're a Schedule one substance like MDMA or psilocybin, That, that status doesn't change because that's, that's a, that's a DEA designation. And so, and that designation means that there's no, that there's no positive use for this, this type of molecule, essentially. And so we're, we're combating trying to study these. And there's so many restrictions around studying something that's a schedule one substance. You have to have everything from like, a huge vault to put the medication in. And there's so much red tape, which is why it's taken so many years to get MDMA across the finish line, because there's just so much red tape that a researcher has to go through in order to be able to study this molecule. And we're hoping that the uh, breakthrough therapies act changes that. So that's one of the things that we're, we're advocating for. In DC, And the other is federal support for MDMA assistive therapy in the VA. We're asking our legislators to encourage the VA to start a national program now when they know that the substance is going to be FDA approved. They know that it has a 67% efficacy rate. Um, so starting now in anticipation for FDA approval and rolling this program out so that they're ready to hit the ground running and start saving lives as soon as MDMA-assisted therapy is FDA-approved.
1: So in a way, kind of soft clap for the FDA to create this breakthrough status. So People can begin to look at, as you said, the molecule. Can we just start looking at the chemistry of this? Can we just start looking at it? Let's call it breakthrough status. That way, nobody's going to get in trouble. Nobody gets to, you know, claim they're trying to pawn off crazy psychedelic hippie drugs on this veteran community. Breakthrough status. FDA says if it's breakthrough, then please forget its current classification. Just let us do the research. Hmm. Good stuff. Glad they're doing it, and glad you guys have rolling up your sleeves and getting behind it, throwing a shoulder behind this that needs to be discussed in daylight, not in the back room. Let's get back a little bit to the studies that showed some 67% efficacy. You know, that's almost three-quarters of the people it worked on, and I'll dumb it down. <laughs> what does MDMA-assisted therapy really look like? And talk to me a little bit about both how it, Works, how it's executed, and the veterans that go into these studies?
2: Yeah, so the efficacy that we're talking about comes from a combination of therapy, so talk therapy, in conjunction with in clinic sessions with the MDMA medication. Um, So prior to going to the clinic and having your MDMA session in the clinic, you have four weeks of talk therapy that helps you to prepare um for the in-clinic session. The in-clinic session, you're with a healthcare or a mental health care provider is there with you. Um, you take the medication and you have an experience that lasts anywhere between five to eight hours. And so you're there, um, you're wearing an, an eye mask, you're laying, you're laying down and you're listening to music and you're Having what we call it an experience or a journey or a trip, um, MDMA is not a classic psychedelic, so it doesn't cause hallucin- hallucination. So it's not cons- it's considered an entheogen, not a psychedelic, um, but it does what it does. Um, and I'll I'll not talk in scientific terms. Um, in the Marine Corps, we call it Barney style. So I'll I'll talk Barney style about this. Love it. (laughs) When you have, uh, when you have PTSD, you are stuck this, the switch of your trauma response, which is fight, flight, freeze or fawn. That switch is stuck on and you can't turn it off. And so that's where people have nightmares or have avoidance or suffer from flashbacks and things trigger them. So you're stuck on. this is a chemical thing that is stuck on MDMA goes in and allows your brain to flip that switch off chemically. And so with that switch off, you're able to confront your trauma. You're able to go to the root cause of that trauma and work through it instead of being triggered or getting angry or upset whenever that trauma comes up. So you're also um, so MDMA is also considered an empathogen. It opens up your empathy. So you can look at yourself with more empathy, with more love, and you can, it, whether if you need f- to forgive yourself, all of these positive emotions are opened up to you in a way that haven't been. And so you're one, able to confront the trauma without those triggers, and two, you're able to love yourself. And so that combination is where that success comes from, because you're able to, to do something that you weren't able to do before. And that is go through that door and confront that trauma and work through it with the help of a therapist.
1: Okay. So four weeks leading up, they're kind of getting the case study. They're sort of unpacking their story, unpacking you know where they're at in life. Maybe it's stories of the battlefield. Maybe it's just kind of where they are in life, unsatisfied, unfulfilled, depressed, anxious, can't calm down and then enter an evening or a weekend or whatever where they go and they have this MDMA assisted therapy. When you talk about it last five, six, seven hours. So this isn't taking place in the doctor's office with the paper on the gurney there and the desk and like the jars full of Q-tips and cotton balls. Does this go down in like a condo or like an apartment or some kind of like setting where it feels really at home?
2: So that's a a really good question. Part of that national trial that I mentioned before and getting the VA rolling out something nationally to be able to prepare, they have to find a room within the VA where someone can be alone with their mental health care provider for eight, let's call it eight hours, um, where there's a nice, soft, not clinical setting bed. Um So part of Part of this therapy is the, the set and setting. So set is the preparation, which is that talk therapy. And then setting is a safe space that is comfortable, that has music, that has the right lighting, um, that has the right, you know, fuzzy blanket that you can be comfortable with, um, and feel safe. So it's definitely not on one of those beds with the paper. I think that (laughs) that's the, Thankfully. Um, but yeah, we need to, the VA needs to figure out what room within the, lar- you know, where the rooms in the largest healthcare system in the nation are, where they can use it for these individual therapies. Um, and they also need to figure out, you know, where to get the right furniture and all the, all of the things that they need that are not normal to a healthcare system currently.
1: And I'll say this just as an editorial here, but I mean, we're also not talking things that are significantly difficult to figure out, like creating the infrastructure for this is not a big mountain to climb.
2: Well, you know, I I talked to some of the clinicians that are doing, there are trials happening in the VA currently. There are seven different trials, um, around MDMA. And one of the difficulties is finding that room where they can, do the therapy. And so they're, they're having to figure this out. And if, if one clinic is having a hard time, imagine that system wide, that is, you know, and I think it's funny to focus on finding the room, but that's such a huge factor of being able to roll this out to the millions of veterans that are suffering from PTSD. So we need to be able to, to scale this. That's going to include finding the room, but it's also going to include training the therapist. It's going to include, um, you know, creating finding centers of excellence within the VA that can administer this therapy.
1: Yeah. And something tells me between you and me and I don't know, Chip and Joanna Gaines over at HGTV and the, you know, you uh, know, <laughs> the fixer-upper TV show. I mean, this is a knowable, achievable thing. We could get our design professionals from one TV network to come to a VA and help us tr- trick out an old room. I bet you they could do the, the whole thing in under a week. I've seen what they do with an entire house. I love where
2: your head's at. I'm going to bring that up to our legislators and see if they'll support that too.
1: <laughs> Seriously, they get a little TV time. They get to meet Chip and Joe. Come on now. <laughs> do the right thing. Uh Let's talk a little bit about how, the, how you found the candidates for these clinical trials, phase three. So this took years to get to phase three, to get the results that we found. I know that I'd overheard the VA discuss the results of their recent psychedelic conference, um, and they were talking about ways they could help find the veterans. How did you find them? How did Healing Breakthrough find them? And kind of what condition were they in before? And what dramatic results did you see at the end?
2: So we did not healing breakthrough didn't put MDMA through the FDA trials. A nonprofit called MAPS the Multidisciplinary Association um for psychedelics is the group that spent the last 30 years working on this. They did that all through philanthropic efforts which I think is is so incredible. Um MDMA because as i mentioned was was formulated in 1912 there's no patent on it so there's no money to be made in the pharmaceutical industry and if you look at the efficacy rate you're going to give someone one to three doses of this medication over the course of 4 months and they're never going to need it again that's not a that's not a good financial model no pharmaceutical or no big pharma money has gone into This process, it's all been people that know and believe that this is this needs to be available to the American people.
1: Interesting that you point out that. There's not a lot of money to be made, and yet it seems to be slow to come to market. Hmm, the conspiracy theorist in me says there's something to that. And uh, again, larger effort and long since I've been aware of maps. I remember one of the most powerful interviews I ever did. Sergeant Jonathan Lubecki, uh, a, a premier spokesman in this space, but it changed his life. I mean, he literally so suicidal, so broken, so hurt after his combat experiences and coming home and life unraveling and things going sideways and the Testament he gives to what MDMA did through the therapy. Just remarkable. In fact, I'm having him back on the show to talk about this, uh you know, before the end of the year. Um, are there any case studies that stand out to you as far as like a, a subject that was in these trials there before and
0: after?
2: Uh, John Lubecky is a great example of, you know someone that was dealing with a very severe chronic complex PTSD that after the the trials which last it's a 4 month medication and therapy process no longer qualify for a PTSD diagnosis um the average trial participant had 14 years of chronic complex PTSD and Two thirds of those after the trial no longer qualified for a PTSD designation. That's absolutely incredible. We have no medication, no therapy that shows that type of efficacy. And it's, it's been lasting. So those two thirds still don't have PTSD. Like the symptoms didn't come back. Like it's, it's has a lasting effect.
1: Any idea about what the timeline is between when they finished their MDMA assisted therapy and how long they went without needing any more medication?
2: It's been years. Yeah. So for years, even the first trial participants, and I believe Jonathan Lubecki was one of the part of the phase one. And it's been, I think, I last I heard him say he'd been free for, for many years.
1: Now to illustrate the power of the veteran's story that Juliana was just speaking of, this is some audio from my interview with Jonathan Lubecki and Brad Burge from MAPS back in 2018.
0: Um, I had a head injury in training,
1: designated marksman on overwatch details, so they gave me a Barrett, and I sat on rooftops.
0: But I came home and I started having problems. You helped your wife
1: who left you.
0: You know, I don't need to drink myself to death on Christmas Eve. I need to go to church. And they say they're full.
2: They yeah,
0: got tears streaming down my face. And I loaded a bread at 9 millimeter, and I put it to my temple, and I pulled the trigger. Their emotions and their memories are just too difficult to process. We're trying to get FDA approval to make MDMA into a prescription drug to assist with psychotherapy, to treat PTSD. And then that produces this feeling of trust and intimacy. Um, One of the first things I said when it kicked in was, oh, my God. I still understand why people take this now. The promise in
1: these drugs is just astounding. And the hill we have to climb to get them to market, uh, it sometimes seems even more astounding. Let's land real quick with just, again, what we hope for through our advocacy. Where do we want to go with this and what are our short-term and long-term goals?
2: Yeah. So the the Healing Breakthrough Advocacy team is in DC. We're there almost, if, if the house is in session, we're there. We're talking to our legislators and Socializing and educating potential for MDMA assisted therapy to help end the suicide epidemic in the VA. When I walk into a legislator's office and I, they hear 67% and 88%, their faces just, they, they get this big like, what? And then they know like me when i found out about this that this is this is the solution we've been looking for we've been dealing with the veteran suicide epidemic for how long when when did we start hearing 22 a day it's been a long time a report just came out in the journal of american medical association that since 2006 veterans with tbi that's over half a million have their suicide rate has increased tenfold so We've been we've been trying to solve this and the needle has been moving in the wrong direction. And it's not just veteran groups. There's a lot of our legislators like really want to help solve this problem. So when we come to them and we tell them we found the solution and the solution works really well, it's hard for them to not be on board and not want to do anything that they can to help us do this. Right now, we are educating our legislators and getting their support so that they can in turn go to the VA and tell the VA that this is something that they need to do. With We believe that without that federal push, it's going to take a lot longer for the VA to roll this program out. So we're advocating that they start now and that they get the federal support that they need to feel safe rolling this program out So that when it is FDA approved, we can they can start seeing patients immediately.
1: Ironic, too, isn't it that we're looking to give them cover for talking about psychedelics when, in fact, we're talking about ending suicide. You shouldn't think you'd need a cover for that, but.
2: Yeah, most legislators, they pretty quickly get on board, but we're still fighting the stigma of the war on drugs. We're still, you know, me personally, I grew up in the D.A.R.E. generation. And when I heard about these drugs, I was like, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. And that's like, that's not true. I didn't believe that they actually were helpful. I'm like, no, they're just this is the the kid on the side telling you, try this, try this. And, and you're supposed to run away and say no. And so that was, you know, my initial reaction to these therapies was, okay, that's not real. And they're just trying to get you hooked on it. And then, you know, I start talking to more people, start educating myself. And I'm like, oh, I think there's something here. And so we're fighting, we're fighting miseducation that came with the war on drugs. We're fighting misinformation. And frankly, it's, it's kind of scary because this is something new that we were told was really dangerous for us. There is still a lot of work to be done. I think the veteran voice has done so much heavy lifting in helping to destigmify these substances because of those veterans that have either gone out of the country or they've participated in a trial here, or they've gone underground here in the U.S. to access these therapies and face potential criminalization. We now know it works. And we've tried everything and they're like, well, I'm going to try this because this is my last ditch effort. They're at the point where I've tried everything. Why not try this? And this is actually working.
1: So well said. Amazing. When you look at it on a molecular level, I love at the top of the interview, you said something about like, we just want to look at this molecule. Right. We're not talking drugs. We're not talking nightclubs. We're talking about a molecule, chemistry class, science. What does victory look like in the end for? healing breakthrough?
2: Access to all veterans within the VA system that can benefit from MDMA-assisted therapy. Um, So in in the short term, them rolling out a program to prepare for FDA approval. And once it's FDA approved, being able to serve veterans with this therapy.
1: And where do I get more information? If I know a veteran, am a veteran, have a veteran in my life that uh, maybe needs to know more about MDMA-assisted therapy, or we want to just track the progress and laud the great things you're doing, make a contribution in some way, uh, where do I learn more about Healing Breakthrough?
2: Yeah, so HealingBreakthrough.org. Um, you can also follow, um, the FDA process through the MAPS website.
1: Yeah. And MAPS again, uh, multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies, uh, big name. I believe it's small website maps.org.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the undersecretary just launched their first podcast and the topic of this first c- podcast was, um, psychedelics and Jonathan Lubecki was actually on there. Um, this was just this last week. And so we're having conversations. We are moving pretty quickly in the right direction. I think, you know, I, we still need to combat the stigma. We still need to educate people. And there's still a lot of science that needs to be done. And I'm, I'm thankful that the VA is already studying both MDMA and en route to study psilocybin. And that we have institutions like Johns Hopkins and Harvard and Yale studying this. And we also have university, UT Austin is is studying psilocybin. There's so much potential in these molecules um, to do not just help with PTSD, but to help with all types of mental health disorders, addictions. And we need to make sure that MDMA, which is the tip of the spear in these novel modalities, and I say novel um, because they're novel to us. They've been, a lot of these substances have been being used in other cultures for thousands of years. But we're now catching on. We know that there is great potential. MDMA is the first one that's going to be FDA approved. It's going to be the first one that's going to be available to start making a dent in this very big problem that we have.
1: The world today needs the work you're doing because we're divided. We're angry. We focus on violence. Uh, You know, we need that switch in our brain flipped to have more empathy to have more love and to just feel better about ourselves healing breakthrough aptly titled and juliana mercer marine corps veteran and i just can't thank you enough for everything you're doing inspired by uh, you know what you saw our brothers and sisters going through juliana thank you for your time
2: thank you phil and thanks for helping to spread this really important message and helping educate
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail.